Podtron. This podcast is part of the Podtron Podcast Network. For more, visit podtron.wordpress.com and Podtron Network on Twitter and Facebook. This was Rad. I'm Paul. You don't know my artistic vision! I am Greg. I want to remake Friday the 13th, but it's all underwater and it all stars sharks. Where two guys force themselves to watch movies from the 80s. Hey, have you seen Vision Quest? I sure haven't. Hell no! Alright, let's talk about it. The only thing that's missing is America built a wall. There has to be someone from Ford who went down and went, so, um, what, what happened here, Bob? It's a movie called Red Dawn. Wink, wink. Wink, wink. <laughs> I'm going to start this again, and you're going to edit this out. And this is another episode of This Was Rad Podcast, the podcast where we watch movies from the 80s to see if they're still rad. I am Paul. I am Greg. And Greg, I'm angry. Super you're angry. You're angry? I'm it's a great angry. way to start a podcast. You're angry. <laughs> Super angry. Like, work has been stressful enough. Now I'm dealing with complete assholes as, on top of that after my working hours. And then I got to watch Lethal Weapon 2. You know, there is still a scene that I assumed was in this movie that was not in this movie. You know what's funny? There was a scene in this movie that I definitely attributed to Lethal Weapon 3. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, apparently I've seen all three. Uh, well, yeah, I think there's a fourth <laughs> this one. Four. But I, it, um, in fact, I think I've seen all of them. I have. I've seen all four Lethal Weapons, which is... This one I'm sure we're going to get into. They After the first one, they're almost super formulaic to the point yes. that... I'm not surprised we keep mixing up scenes at all. Yeah, and so I guess if we if we want to get right into it, uh, the only trivia I really care about this movie was they brought Shane Black back to write it. He wrote it, and the studio hated it. And they basically kept almost nothing about the movie. It was incredibly heavily rewritten, uh. and Shane Black um, never worked on them after this one. Well, uh, it shows. Um, Richard Donner came back. He did, which was nice. Produced it too. So, Greg, what 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 was rad about this film in 1980? Whenever this came out, uh, this was 89. There you go. What what was rad to to a young Gregory? Oh man, I mean this this is one of those movies that has so many like set pieces in it that I thought were in the first movie. Mm-hmm. So like uh the him escaping out of a straitjacket. Which conveniently works out again later in the film. Um, Foreshadowing. Uh, Diplomatic immunity as a plot device. God, man. Very. Uh, and what else? What else were the big ones that I remember from here? A pretty solid death with, with Riggs's, uh girlfriend in this movie, I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rika? Yeah, yeah. What what about what about you, Paul? What was what was rad to you? Uh, you know what was rad to me is... Um, you know, this was a kind of continuation of the second film, and the characters 
you know, the characters that are there, uh, Riggs and Murtaugh, are very, like, they're likable characters. Like, you kind of under, you kind of get them in the situation they're in. They're in, it's got a good mix of, like, violence, crime, and, and comedy in it, which was always kind of refreshing, especially back then. Um, the scenes that I always remember, um, I 100% believe the bathroom scene was the opening scene to Lethal Weapon 3. Ah! I don't know why, but I absolutely believe that that's where that scene belonged. Some of the other stuff is, uh, you know, the final fight scene with Riggs in the, in the main tough, uh, in the, uh, in the cargo hold. And, um, and only because of Loaded Weapon 1, and there is no sequel. <laughs> that's right. I, we've, we've brought this movie up before. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, uh, Loaded Weapon 1, um, I, the only reason I brought that up is because, uh, uh, Emilio Estevez's cart was, uh, his, his thing was also near the beach. Right. And he did the, uh, the button, the moonwalk, moonlight dance, uh, walk. That's right. The, my button, the moonwalk, my button, the moonlight dance. See? No, but you want to yeah. say it though. Now, now you really want to see Emilio Estevez moonwalk. Dance. Moonwalk. I want to see naked. a moonwalk. I'm learning so much about myself. <laughs> Don't know if I like where this journey is taking me. Yes, no, you really do. It's, you love it. It's scary play. No, no, I fear change of any type. <laughs> all change no. is terrifying. No, no, it's you know, all good. no, no. You know why? You know why? I'm gonna, why? I'm gonna bring this a little local now, if you want, for, oh. uh, for all of our our northeastern listeners. Uh, as a child, you know, you you eventually you learn that life is just a series of gut punches and and everything you love is on fire and at some point it will be nothing but ash and you can try to hold on to that ash as tight as you want but it'll just sift right through your fingers and uh, uh the first thing that really that I really really understood this really well was when Burger King stopped selling curly fries I don't even remember them selling curly fries What the hell is wrong with you Burger King sold curly no, fries in the That's Northeast. Arby's Yes no, my friend, Burger ah, King did. No. You're not a... Okay, then you need to move because you <laughs> clearly have no idea what the hell's going on. No, Burger King sold curly fries. This was in the late 80s, early 90s. I remember when they went from their regular fries to quote-unquote nope. crunchy fries, and those sucked. Oh, from... no, no. That was that was years later. Yeah. Years, years, years later. Okay. This was, they, they stopped selling them around 1990, 1991-ish. And, uh, yeah, ever since then, I think I've just been, I've just feared change, just a lot in general. Because um, everything to me now is just, will this be Burger King getting rid of its curly fries? And the answer is always yes. See, for me, it was when Ponderosa closed. Oh, hey, I remember Ponderosa. Right? Right? I remember them, yeah. Yeah. You, you pay at the door, and then it was all-you-can-eat buffet beyond that yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's a, it's, Man. I don't know, I don't know how regional they were, but, uh, yeah, they were up here for a long time. Uh, they were, uh, akin to Sizzler, which I believe yeah. you still have out in California. Sizzler, right? oh yeah, there's Sizzlers everywhere, and they're packed all the time, and I ate there once, and I don't know why. No, no, no Sizzlers here, unfortunately. Uh, Unless you want to sponsor this podcast, in which case... No, we need we Jack of the Box out here back. God, oh, you kill Jack a couple people and it's all, oh, we don't want to go back to the East Coast. Well, you know you know what they say about, about us saltwater people. We have long memories. <laughs> we do. 
and uh so the the grudges they're like they're like blood feuds you know they're very serious trying to sell our cod fish is real fish I, no, i'm 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 dead serious paul somebody opens a jack-in-the-box in new england there's gonna be some guy who sees it and he's like damn jack-in-the-box <laughs> killed my great-grandpappy and it's over and that's and then it's what all am I all doing? the buddies are showing why up. am i not yeah. opening a franchise here it's a great question. I mean, come on. We got enough I feel McDonald's it. and Wendy's and other crap. I, you know, a friend of mine always used to joke, like, if we if we hit the lottery, you know, we hit, like, you know, $100 million or whatever, we would just open a uh, uh, White Castle. Uh, the Donald Trump lotto? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you wanted to, I don't know, coin a phrase. <laughs> if I was to perhaps put a word to it. Yeah, exactly. And what a segue. <laughs> yes. Finally get back to action we're gonna we're gonna cut all of this out because this went nowhere and it was a terrible <laughs> much like the, the burger king getting rid of their fries it was a no. terrible decision no, uh, no. That everyone everyone involved hated yes so lethal weapon two on at last yeah why didn't they plant the bomb in trisha's stove <laughs> <laughs> think of all the needless suffering could have ended right there <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gonna die on the toilet, aren't I? Guys like you don't die on toilets. Anyway, I'm here and I'm not planning on going just now. Okay. Let's do it. Uh, And the movie starts with um, kind of in the middle of the action, which I kind of like. Um, it starts with Murtaugh, um, and, and they're chasing down, uh, some criminal, I believe, correct? It, it starts with, like, a car chase, and apparently Murtaugh is driving his wife's car to start the movie, and it's so confusing. Dude, and, and you know what's funny is, throughout this movie, him and Riggs both drive their own personal vehicles. Like, I, I know a cop's salary is, you know, quote-unquote, not the best, but, I mean... I have to assume if you're a detective, you are assigned a car at some point. Yeah, can somebody can somebody let us know? Can someone at us if you are a detective? Wait, are they even detectives? Yes. Murtaugh's, Mur, yeah, they're 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 detectives. They're right? both detectives. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, somebody somebody at us. If you're a detective, do you have to use your own car, or or are you given a car? I I, I just I feel like we've watched enough cop shows that it has. It, Otherwise, cops have a very particular style of Crown Victoria that they really all love. Well, uh, they don't even make the Crown Vic anymore, do they? Like that's mm, well, I don't know if they. That's do over or and not. done with, right? I know, I know. Most cops now drive the uh, the Range Rovers. They, I was or... going to say they 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 have they have the. Oh, I always thought it was like a Ford Explorer. Uh, they drive, oh, maybe they it drive is some big SUV. Yeah, maybe. No, you're right because Ford is the is the national servicer of uh of police department. Uh, yeah. But anyway, wife's car, station wagon, not exactly keen to chase someone in. No, no, with a top speed of 100 and I believe it's 102. Uh, I can't imagine. But then again, apparently race can just run down a car. So, yeah, which, which apparently, yeah, this he's, he's two for two in movies where he has decided, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to do it on foot. And the movie proves him right. He actually made the right call. Why doesn't this man just run a marathon? In boots. In, it's, in, in it's, cowboy boots, no less. I think it's more of a comment on L.A. traffic than it is <laughs> on, on how fast a car is. <laughs> we got to get to the Capitol building. I'll just walk. 
I'll just, it's fine. I'll be so much faster if I just I'll take, walk I'll take this. a bus. I'll beat you there, Myrtle. It'll be fun. Uh, and they chase down this car. There's a whole lot of shucking and jiving there and stuff. And eventually the car crashes and uh, gold spills out of its underbelly. Um, and we find out they are and, cougarins. And the, the, the suspect gets away. Yes. After flipping the car over, smashing it into a storefront, they get away. Oh, this movie has a lot of, you're only dead when the movie decides you're dead. Yes. Um, yes, it does. You know, like, it really feels like everybody just has, like, the little hearts, like in like Link. And, and they have seven or eight of them, and, and you, you get them all. You get them all. Yeah, I, I can only assume that uh, they, they have fairies in bottles, and uh, as they are doing things that would kill a normal person, the fairy pops out and just revives them, and, and then off they go to to continue doing whatever it is they need to do. Not today, Riggs! Today's not your day! Twing! Yeah, I think that might have been in the original Shane Black script that was, I think that was, it was. heavily edited. It seems like that would have been, right? Just Classic a little, Shane Black. <laughs> just a little pixie dust to keep everybody going. Uh, anyway, so he gets away, and they find out the car is full of uh, gold coins, which are called cougarants. Um, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Yeah, cougarants. You're 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 correct. Good. Um, which they don't know immediately, but we later find out is a um basically it's a smuggling currency from South Africa. Um, and we it comes up big time later on with the apartheid and. And all that's going down um, in South Africa, which is where we find out the main bad guys are from. But um, I completely forgot they were from South Africa. I did too. As a matter of fact, I, I thought they were from Germany, I, I, or, yes. or Austria, or or as we saw a lot of in the eighties, European country nondescript, <laughs> which would happen a lot, especially with Die Hard. I think their first two movies are Germans. I, I kind of the just second ass- one I don't remember, but but. One and three are, are, are German. Oh, three is when um, Hans's brother comes back. Hans's correct? brother, Simon. Yes, that's right. Um, so anyway, um, that happens. And then we smash cut to a nice home family scene with, uh, I guess, uh, Riggs has moved in with the family like a pet. I am very confused <laughs> what's going on because he's apparently like over there eating the food. Doing the laundry, or or was he having the wife do his laundry? I assume he was having the wife do his laundry. Yes. What there's there there are a few things in this movie that that do not uh, which would fly. Would you, would you say a line has been crossed? Perhaps. Well, you know, we're we're going to get to it more when 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 Joe Pesci shows up as as oh. as Leo gets. Oh, domestic Pesci! Yes, I cannot wait to talk about de- domestic Pesci. We're spending a segment on it. Don't you worry. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So, so at, at we're we're seeing Riggs and Murtaugh, yeah. and and you know what I kind of like is that there is um you know he still has the you know like he he bought the boat in the last movie, yep. and and in this movie you know the boat is still around. I kind I kind of like the the continuity from one movie to the next. Like you'd expect the boat to play an insanely important role in this movie, and it's not. He's just like, oh, I've got my boat and I like it a lot. Like uh, I kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, the whole thing is. I mean, especially his house was kind of like attacked last time. So it's you know, and, and then what they were redoing the kitchen or something like that the last time. So. So, yeah, the, um, yeah. It, uh, Danny Glover's house is just constantly in some form of being repaired. Can, can we ask, what is his insurance premium on everything he owns? 
It's got to be astronomical. It's right? got to be. He, I, I would say a third of his salary is just going to like homeowners <laughs> insurance at this point. Half, buddy. Half. Half. <laughs> An even half. <laughs> so what, I don't know what an average L.A. detective made in the 1980s. I'm, we'll go with $50,000, right? I think that's conservative. Sure. Why not? I would assume his premium pre-tax $25,000 a month. Yeah. Are you looking it up? Yeah, that math, that math. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to see if I can figure this out. <laughs> because here. in this movie, I, I, and I know we'll get to it, but it gets blown up. We see it's under construction. Um, A car went through the front window the last time. His car gets completely torn up. The only thing that doesn't get damaged in this entire movie is the boat, which I, yeah. How, yeah, how it boat. avoided it, I don't know, but. Well it's, well, it's it's because I think the farther it's 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 like a radius of destruction <laughs> around Riggs and Murtaugh and the boat is just out of it, just so, barely. Yeah, you, it's fine. Do you think? Do you think? Do you think Murtaugh's insurance agent just walks into the office every day and just goes, "Did you read the paper? <laughs> Someone's <laughs> going to Costa Rica this year." Oh, that guy <laughs> is employee of the month every month. <laughs> that guy's. That guy, that guy does talks on on the on the insurance circuit. Yes, he is. Yes. He is. He he's goes like to the conferences Elvis in the insurance world. Yeah, like he has fans. Like it's it's out of control. Do you think he wrote a book? Oh, he he wrote he wrote as many books as there are Lethal Weapon movies. I assure you. How to land the big score? Yeah. <laughs> Parentheses. Just get a cop. Right. Yeah. And then, and then uh, he probably tried to make himself sound really cool and change the name to like like Damage Plan, <laughs> yes, you know, like like yes. he tried to put in like really cool stuff. Oh my God! Did you see Dennis is here? Yeah, I know he's fantastic. He, he's he's got the the old Murtaugh account. Ah, oh, that lucky sob. So where what country is he going to this month? <laughs> it's a country none of us have ever even heard of. <laughs> or or does it go the other way where the insurance guys, the, all the guys who like who have to cover. All of that damage, just sit there and cry every night when they read the paper. They're just, oh God, we have to, we have to pay out so much. This premium just doesn't cover it. You just, who, who sold him a, who sold him a lifetime plan at a hundred dollars a month? I don't get it. I guess, yeah, it's got to be one of the two, right? right? I mean, there's no, there's no middle ground. There's there. no, the only winner is, is, is Murtaugh. Yeah. So, so anyway, the the uh, the Murtaugh insurance bit, everybody. Uh, I think our new thing we should we, we should point out the bits that way people are. <laughs> that's the, well, I mean, I mean, I don't know. That's 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 like what real pro comedians do is point yeah. out that they've yeah. just done yeah. a bit. Yeah. So I don't know if we're at that level yet where we should be. We're not know, a that's, we're that's not a John Mulaney. Are you sure? A little, a little bit of Crystalia. We're not a the old. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. No. Okay. <laughs> So anyway, so, his, his daughter's in a condom commercial. Everybody thinks it's hilarious. Uh, moving and on. I thought that was in the first movie. See that like here's like part one that I really thought was in the first movie was that one. Um, yeah, I, and so you know, classic classic move. They've uh, after this car chase where they've just wrecked the city and wrecked everything. The the chief goes, okay, that's it. You guys are off the streets. You're too much. You're costing the city too much. He actually says something to the effect of you. You know, a lot of a lot of this stuff comes out of our department, to which I'm like, there should be no one working there anymore. Then there should be literally no one. It's just Carol at a at a at a ticketing machine, right? <laughs> and, a, and a bunch of interns. <laughs> okay, chief, here's the bill. Oh God, I didn't know numbers went that high. <laughs> yeah, 
We're gonna need we're gonna we're gonna need a a large muscly Austin to 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 get us out of this this financial crisis here. Oh man! And then it turns into like a Three Stooges show where like they have to send Riggs and Murtaugh to like a strongman competition to, know, to to win a contest to get all the money to pay all the all the fees they've incurred. You know, it's funny that you mention a cartoon. Is it just me or does like I understand a lot of the buddy cop tropes come from this movie? Oh yeah, but, they do big time. I I almost feel like this especially this movie compared to the first one, like, they're almost, like, making fun of themselves, but they're yes. not. They're serious. No. And it comes... The chief, you mentioned that, he, he, he's so over the top. He's just, I want your badges on my desk by the end of the day. Well, you can't have my badge. I'm a crazy man. Like... Yeah, and, and that that's actually, like like I had mentioned at the beginning, that's one of the things that um that Shane Black, when, when they said we want a script to this... The first one had a little more of an edge to it. I which I would have appreciated. Um and and apparently apparently the script he turned in uh was like super dark <laughs> and they were like absolutely not. We are not going to film this. Wow. <laughs> and, um, it was it was supposed to be like very very it basically was like you know how serious the first movie is? This one's even more serious. <laughs> and they were like no, no. And that's why um uh, uh, they they brought in another writer, and they were like, "Make it funnier, make it funnier, make it funnier." And that's why this movie is so heavy on its comedy. And then the third one is even more so, and the fourth one is like even more. Than well, that. and you know what? I kind especially I get why they went that direction because we mentioned that in the in uh, on Lethal Weapon One too. The first half, which is almost devoid of any joke and is very yeah, dark, it is. it's it's super serious. Um. The movie doesn't really pick up until they kind of become "quote unquote" lethal weapon. The, what we think of the movie, so I get the studio's idea with that, but I'm, we'll get to the end for is it rad? Um, but anyway, the the guy that got away from the bad guys, he goes back to the major criminals, um, his boss there, and I do like this scene. I, it was very reminiscent of American Psycho, where he walks in and there's just plastic everywhere. <laughs> yeah, <it's just> plastic <laughs> all over the floor. And he just and he literally goes uh what's with all the plastic oh uh, uh re re renovations you know how it goes <laughs> hey you gotta keep the lights dark also because you know we don't want to pay that bill uh anyway uh if you could stand nope little to the left okay so what happened in the uh the, uh, the old car chase there hans <laughs> <laughs> and I, I also love how he does the stupid bad guy thing. Like, he doesn't just... First of all, he lets the guy come back to the consulate and then shoot him. I know. Rather than like, oh, hey, you know what? You and me are going to go on a hunting trip. <laughs> and then you just, like, shoot him in the desert and bury him in a well, hole and you're done. as we find out, Greg, and I did look this up and I will get to it in a minute. Uh, the bad guys believe that they are untouchable for a very particular reason. Uh, so... I kind of feel like he doesn't need to cover up anything. I kind of feel like this guy believes he could set people on fire in the middle of the street I, and get away with it. I also just want to point out, yeah. in the greatest television show of all time, Manimal, in 1983, <sighs> there was a plot in which a man, a diplomat, has, get this, mm -hmm. diplomatic immunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, really. That a younger Shane Black, a possible giant fan of the agreed-upon greatest show of all time, Manimal, 
might have lifted a little bit of a storyline. I, um... Would you like to know what this, what this diplomat with diplomatic immunity was doing in the film Manimal Paul? I, I, I have to because... Would, you, I, only would because... you like to take a guess? What is what he was? What kind of scheme he was running? What 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 was he trying to launder gold bullion into the U.S.? Why it was a smuggling ring. <laughs> okay. Um. The, the only reason I remember the diplomatic immunity that that came up so many times in the eighties. The A Team, um, Knight Rider, multiple movies came up with that. Um, anything that had to do with cop shows, I remember that. It was always an episode in the eighties that had that diplomatic immunity crap. Well, up. I mean, it is it is a great it is a great plot device because it's like here's literally someone who is above the law. Well, you know what though? But uh, I guess if we're gonna tag in this, if we're gonna tag in now on this, we find out later on, um, and we'll get there in a second. But basically, these guys are from South Africa. They're diplomats, so they have quote unquote diplomatic immunity. By the time Riggs and Murtaugh have found out who is behind whatever plot they've been going, getting into in the first third of the movie, and they say, no, we have diplomatic immunity. Um, well, real diplomatic immunity means that they immediately contact the sponsoring country, right. ask them if they can press charges, or immediately extradite the offending person. You don't show a, a piece of paper, go diplomatic immunity, and the cops just go, Oh, son of a bitch. Guess I'll just go back to the station and drink a coffee. Uh, yeah, no! It's, it's, <laughs> it's just not actually like that at all. It, it, right, right. And and I, I can only assume that this film takes place over the course of, like, 48 hours. And Riggs and Murtaugh just don't want to even wait <laughs> for, like, like, a standard response. It's also, so fast. Also... I mean, they they literally have a case they're ignoring this entire film where it's it's watch Joe Pesci, make sure no one tries to kill him because they're not they're not in that hotel room for 15 seconds before someone shows up and tries to kill him. <laughs> yes. OK. So, OK. So so let's get let's get to that. So they have to go and find Joe Pesci. His name is uh, Leo Getz. Um, and he's a pretty he's a funny character. I don't know what his character would have been in Shane's script, but Joe Pesci kind of plays he was, this. Um, in, in the Shane Black script, I think he was only a character in, like, a scene. He was not a major person at all. So he was he was written specifically for, like, like the comedy stuff that he's yeah. in. And Joe Pesci's great. And it's actually kind of nice to see Joe Pesci not playing a tough guy like he's always known for. Well, he, I mean. He, and Joe Pesci does a great job in this. Well, I mean, before this, he did Goodfellas. And he was in a bunch of movies like that. Goodfellas that is was before this, this. No, Goodfellas is the next year. I think that's 1990. Is it? Yeah, I think so. Oh, I thought it was before this. No, you're right. No. It is 1990. It's 1990. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I kind of... He's good in it. Um, I think he's okay. I don't get the character throughout the rest of the movie. He never really plays any pivotal point at all. He's kind of just a stock character that they kind of tag in. Um, again, just to kind of ramp up that comedy part of it. Um, but anyway, um, they get to Leo Getz, they find out. So Le they're supposed to watch Leo Getz cause he's turned state's evidence. Right. Right. And they're like, they're like, he's, he, he was, a uh, he assisted with money laundering. So because he assisted with the money laundering, he's going to know where all the bodies are buried. He's like the star witness. Right. Keep him safe. And they literally walk into the room. Someone knocks on the door and tries to kill 
Leo gets immediately. Well, Meaning, I mean, well, I can I mean, only assume that this happens like every other day where like someone breaks in and tries to kill him. No, I I imagine I I imagine Leo gets was was well, no, I don't think I don't think that that happens every day of his life because he was laundering money for for criminals in the first place, right? Oh no, I mean I mean since since he's turned state's evidence, I can only assume that that you know the, the, like there's an attempt made on his life because if Riggs and Murtaugh show up and one happens within 15 seconds, like what the frequency of which that happens must be insane. Yeah, I. I... I hadn't really thought about it, to be perfectly honest. Mostly because I kind of kept hoping that they would succeed. Yeah, I, I you know, one, one of the things that really bothered me in this movie, and I don't think holds up, but was kind of a classic character trait, I guess, in, in, in the 80s, is, like, the annoying character who just constantly gets told to shut up. Like, they're constantly just like, shut up, Leo, shut up, Leo. And I'm like, maybe you don't constantly tell this guy to <laughs> shut up. I mean, yeah, he's annoying and stuff, but I mean, like, he's honestly trying to help you. And he's probably under a lot of stress trying to be murdered constantly. I mean, like. Or, or, or maybe, I don't know, hand him over to somebody from the state. If he states well, evidence, why are common L.A. detectives assigned to protect him? I never even got that part of it. Like, isn't this on a federal level at this point? Yeah. You, one, one would think, and, and, and I think, I think I kind of put the whole plot together, which is that it turns out that Leo was laundering money for the, uh, South Africans. Yes. Yes. Because, because in the right. movie, they, they, they had done that. And that might make sense why, if the police had called the feds and said, Hey, this guy from South Africa is money laundering. Maybe the feds were like, yeah, we know we're on it. Don't touch him. We've got a guy who just turned state's evidence. Just leave him alone for a week. and This will all be taken <laughs> care of. It'll be fine. And they're like, okay, okay. I'll put my best men on it. Riggs and Murtaugh, they'll keep him safe. And they just, you know, destroyed the whole thing. And now no one's going to jail. You think the captain was and like that? To oh, okay. So I got to get, I really need the two guys who can be the absolute quietest on this. I need, the, I need cops that I know are going to keep a low profile. They're not prone to violence or, or uh, outrageous outbursts. Uh, definitely uh, no, no suicidal tendencies or, or likelihood to drive a car into a building. Who, who should I get on that? Who should I get on that? Riggs and Murtaugh literally crash through the ceiling on a motorcycle. Bad guy handcuffed to the handlebars. I know who I need. Riggs and Murtaugh. Old reliable. <laughs> old, 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 keep it under the radar, Riggs and Murtaugh. So, so anyway, yes, eventually they get working with Leo. They figure out where the primary laundering or where the primary residence is that, that he's been facilitating. They go there and they find a whole bunch of uh, South Africans and... The main bad guy, I didn't even get his name, um, Fruder or I, whatever. I, I also did not get his name. And well, I his name is Fruder for the okay. remaining in the film. So, sure. <laughs> so so Fruder, with, with an R roll, Greg. Fruder. 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 Sounds German, but, you know, he, he moved a lot as a kid. Okay, fair enough. So Fruder comes down, and he flashes the old diplomat's badge and goes, Diplomatic immunity. Because he says that a lot in this movie. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Take a drink every time he says diplomatic immunity. You're dead, by, you're dead by minute 44. <laughs> so he flashes the badge, and then he, I got to say, 
At least they kept the the sexy lethal weapon saxophone. I although did you notice it was to, it was it's still Eric Clapton who did the music and it, and it's actually been toned down. The saxophone is still there, but it's now been replaced with solo guitar music. Yes, I did was, notice was that. What yes. overtook a lot of it. Yes. So so instead of sweet saxophone, you've just kind of got that like that like lots of like uh, like it's not reverb. It's got like an echo effect on it though. Right. Just a little bit. And it's like high pitched and it's, 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 it's got a very distinct 80s sound to it that has been mocked mercilessly and rightfully so. Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's funny though, like you said, where you're like, oh, so much has been taken from this movie. And it's like, honestly, if, 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 if you're listening to this podcast and you have not seen any 80s action films, first of all, why? Weird podcast to pick to listen to, but I no, appreciate hey, it. Hey, um, maybe they're just big Howard and Duck fans. Okay, let's not judge. Okay, that's fine. I, I, I would direct you to our Patreon page, please. Uh, but anyway, um, what I, what I would say is this movie might be the most '80s buddy cop action movie that we've done. A hundred percent. It's, yes. it's, it's like yes. concentrated. It, uh, yes. Nineteen eighties. Yes. Remember Orange from Concentrate. Right, frozen orange that you would put into a a, a bucket yeah. and then fill with water, and then it would taste like a... fresh vomit in your mouth. Right, I was I was more of a Five Alive guy as a okay. kid. But okay, okay. Well, we used to get the generic orange or grape, <laughs> generic grape. Yep, yep. Uh, and you... no, I remember that my mom used to fill a pitcher up with warm water and soak the can in it. <laughs> what? Well, that we because then you could open the can. Yeah, because sometimes it was too cold, and you'd try to to get the the cylinder of orange mush out yeah. of it, and it would stick to it. But if you soaked it for True. like a couple seconds, you could pull that ripcord off, and it would slide out. And then she would just stir it up and put it in the fridge, and wait, in a few wait, wait. hours, your 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 frozen tubes weren't cardboard like ours. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they had yeah. like a, they had like a, they had a, you know the, the perforated thing that you, you yeah, pulled yeah, yeah. off the top. No, no, no. We would we would just like and you dumped it in. We, we would just untwist it and then just shake. We'd actually use that like the spoon. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. My mom like hated that. So yeah, her, her, oh, okay. her system was you put the cold can you put the cold can yeah in warm water for a few seconds and then it would just slide right out. Oh, like cranberry sauce. Yeah, similar, similar, <laughs> which which is the real cranberry sauce. And take that from a New Englander. Yeah. Um, yes. The jellied cranberry jellied sauce. Jellied cranberry sauce, of course. Ocean is Spray's the real own cranberry sauce. Jellied right. cranberry sauce. None of this none of this fresh cranberry stuff no. with the chunks in it. It should taste God. like chemicals. <laughs> no, That's no. what it's supposed to taste like. Yeah, yeah. Chemicals. No, no, no. I shouldn't have to chew my cranberry sauce. I should be able to just take a big spoon of it and it just slither down my gullet like a right. slug. You should be able to put it in your mouth, behind your teeth, push on it with your tongue, and it'll just ooze through your teeth with, like, real, almost, almost like your teeth aren't there. Yes. It just comes right through. There's no resistance. <laughs> no, no, no. And, and, and your cranberry sauce, if put in the fridge overnight, should have a lovely crust of scum that you have to cut off before you begin eating it again. Because, and, uh, because that's, that. That preserves the flavor, is what that right, does. Of course. <laughs> it's a flavor. One time, no. It's a flavor uh, secure. No lie. One time for dinner, <laughs> I found one of those in the back of the pantry, and I just ate the whole thing for dinner. It was a mistake. <laughs> I can't. Should not have done that. I gotta admit, I love cranberry sauce. I have a can in my fridge now. I 
I love it. I can't wait to have it again. I don't know if it was in the back of the cupboard. I just suddenly have it for dinner. But uh, I do have to admit, I have had a can for dinner. <laughs> yeah. And it was, you know what? It was it was good. I liked it. It was delicious, wasn't it? At the time, <laughs> it was good. while you're eating it, it's great. No, no, no. You, you pay At for the time, it you're absolutely right. Later on, it tells you what it really thinks. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. So oh, it turns out one of the ingredients is botulism. Uh-oh. <laughs> but not enough to kill you, just enough to nope, make you think nope, about nope. it. It's a mild strain of botulism. Right, right. This is why nobody ever buys two cans at once. <laughs> you just get the one can, and when it's gone, you go and get another can. Yeah. Well, you got to wait till next year when they have the new strain out. Your body's <laughs> adapted to the original strain. So for 80% of the country that's listening, this means nothing. But for yeah. you New Englanders... We're very we, local we, this week. We, we, <laughs> that bit killed in five states. <laughs> it did. Oh, there's somebody on the Cape just, just losing their mind. There's, there's somebody slapping. in middle, there's, there is somebody right now in Middleborough, Massachusetts <laughs> who put down a cranberry rake while listening to this because their sides were hurting so much because that bit was amazing. Oh. And to gosh. that person, I say, Middleborough. Shout out to a shout out to a fellow uh, shout out to a, Middleborough a podcast that's near us. Uh, uh, Video Rangers podcast. They're New Englanders, very close to me. As a matter of oh, fact, so uh, yeah, there's a, it's funny. There's actually a there's a handful of of our of uh, of, yeah. of uh, Massachusetts specific ones, which are kind of interesting. So uh, anyway, um, so so that happens, and then even after all that cranberry talk, Greg, I have another, I have another tangent to go on because, oh, let's, let's do it because this <laughs> because... movie, this movie, we could actually describe in about 10 seconds. Yes, There's absolutely. Honestly, not a lot happening yeah, in this movie. Yeah. So, uh, so let's, let's pad it out. I am 100% with, with Leo gets his ass- assessment of drive through windows. Oh, 100%. <laughs> because... 100%. Because... I, when my dad hated me because I insisted we always check. Yes. Because, me too. Because they, it's true. They always, they almost, we had a McDonald's in my town that was legendary for where, where it was like, if you didn't check before you left that drive through, that was on you at that point because it was always wrong. So I'm going to, this is a story that I don't know if I've told on this podcast. I wish Willow was still with, with us because she loves this story. And it goes like this. When I was about, 16 um first of all i like cheese on pizza and that's it i don't like it on burgers on steak sandwiches oh, on interesting anything else i know people find it very weird but that's that's my thing i, I don't know why i don't like the taste of t- cheese on anything but pizza that's fair so go to mcdonald's same same exact thing if you left that drive through and you didn't check you absolutely got stuff you didn't expect or wanted i went through the drive through and i ordered eight Regular hamburgers. Eight. Oh, Gregory. The, old, the old bag of burgers. The move. old bag Classic. of burgers and fries, right? Get all the way home. Guess what's in the bag? Whole bunch of cheeseburgers. Eight fucking cheeseburgers, right? And the <laughs> so, problem with that is they've been under the heat lamp so long, you can't just take the cheese off. No. Oh, no, no, no. No. Paul was very angry as a young man, so he drove right back to that McDonald's. Oh, 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 oh Greg. <laughs> oh, 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 no. It gets better. Oh, no. Just give me a second to tell a tale here. Spin the old yarn. So I walked in, oh, and no, I no, no, said. No, 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 hold on, hold on. I need to know the distance in minutes this fast food place was from your house. May, maybe six. Five to eight minutes at most. Okay. 
Five to eight minutes. It was fairly close. So they haven't seen you in 16 minutes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. So, so I drive back and I go inside and you know who the manager is. He's a kid a couple years older than me. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. So I go, listen, I, I ordered eight hamburgers, not eight cheeseburgers. I really, this isn't what I ordered. I, I need these exchanged. And he goes, well, do you have a receipt? And I'm like, oh, crap. I, I left the receipt in the other bag. Which is still at home because that was just French fries, right? And I'm like, I, right. I, I don't. But I mean, these are. <laughs> this is clearly your bag. These are clearly your wrappers. And I assure you, if you open them, there are cheeseburgers inside. I just, I need you to exchange them. And he goes, I, I can't do that. And we got into a small shouting match. <laughs> oh, jeez. And he goes, you're gonna have to leave. You're just gonna have to leave. And people are staring to stare. And I'm like, okay, okay, fine. I'm, I'm walking out. I grabbed the bag of burger and I walked out front, Gregory. Now, the story should end with I went home and scraped off the cheese, but that's not where it was. So, so I'm there's like three possibilities that are going to play out here. Okay, and, I, and none of those three are I was the bigger man, and I went home. Well, I'm going to tell you the one I did, and then you need to tell me the other two scenarios you thought it was going to be. Okay, I'll I'll tell you one right now that I'm almost positive you didn't do was you drove back home, you got that receipt. (laughs) Oh, okay. See, you definitely found one I didn't do. Yeah, yeah. Okay. (laughs) No. Okay. I went outside and I unwrapped those burgers one by one, and I threw them at the roof. Of course. And now in the '80s, McDonald's used to have that 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 like wood shingle roof that was like slanted. Right. Every single one of them hit those wood shingles. <laughs> up to Burger 7, I do have to admit, I didn't get the eighth one off because the cops were pulling up. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> and unfortunately, <laughs> to finally cut this story short, Paul was banned from a McDonald's for a year. <laughs> oh, God. The reign of terror of the, the Burger Bandit. <laughs> Oh, God, that's an about, amazing story. Oh, what was great about The cops were just, like, laughing at it. They were like, oh, oh. this is just stupid. Can you just, just go home, kid? I was like, okay. <laughs> okay, now, so obviously you knew what one oh. of the scenarios was. Get the receipt. I have to know. What did Greg think number three was? I, th- I thought the third one might have been something where you um walked through the drive through on foot. <laughs> <laughs> and then you were like, I'm not in the building. Give me the burgers. <laughs> Almost. Almost. No. Uh, It was lethargic, I'll tell you that. I I, I don't know if I've ever felt better after a a confrontation than that I think you mean cathartic. (laughs) You know? I think you mean cathartic. (laughs) What did I say? You said lethargic. (laughs) Did I? Okay. Well, no, I was lethargic at the end, too. I mean, I was really hucking those burgers. Oh, God. So, anyway, Jim, (laughs) Joe Pesci. They screw you at the drive-thru. I was totally on board. Oh, I, uh, flashbacks were popping. <laughs> I did. You can, you can hear the rustling of the burgers oh, as they're God. being unwrapped. Oh. oh, my God, that's amazing. So, okay, uh, let's speed this along. So, uh, Toilet Bomb is next. Joe, oh, that's, that's. We'll, we'll oh, yeah, 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 that's here. true. Yeah, yeah, so there's, there's some stuff. Joe there. Pesci has an attempt made on his life. The guy gets away. Riggs and Murtaugh will not just sit and watch Joe Pesci. They decide what they need to do is continue to bother this guy at the consulate. I, so 
so basically you just see a lot of scenes of like rigs showing up and like getting a whole bunch of people to protest about the apartheid that's going on yeah. or Danny Glover walking in and making a scene so rigs can sneak in. There's a whole uh, bunch of these Yeah, scenes. you know what's funny is I I'm not a super like bloody-hearted liberal like oh boo hoo save everybody everyone needs you know but I was kind of like a little shocked that this movie was making like an apartheid joke. Oh, in the like, middle like of this like routinely. even i was like okay i i get it's a big thing but this seems like an odd twist with the whole thing i mean i guess Correct. it's to show how terrible they are for because of what was happening at the time but i felt like you pick south africa pretty much just so you could get to this point is what it felt like because it was very weird so so somewhere in between what i just described the the head bad guy here uh, is is getting upset that they're closing in on him, quote unquote, and um, he decides to send a message to Danny Glover. So a bunch of masked men break into Danny Glover's house, and um, oh, that happens a couple tape, times. Put put tape over he and his wife's mouths, and basically tell them like, "Hey, we know where you live. Here we are. We know where your family is. You better just leave us alone." They disappear, which of course has the exact opposite reaction. Now, now we should are like, oh, okay. Now it's time to double down. And so, yeah, he sends uh, uh, Danny Glover sends his family out of town, and then we have the toilet bomb scene. Yeah, which I, I, I mean, I kind of I, I like this scene for a couple different reasons. Uh, first of all, I, I, when when Riggs first shows up and Danny, he sees Danny Glover, Danny Glover really like sells this scene really well. However, I, I, we, you and I, we only have the, you know, the single children. We don't have like a, ha a gaggle of people. But even still, I kind of felt for him like, oh, I just, my, the first piece in 20 years, Riggs. Yeah. And I yeah. kind of felt him. I'm like, <laughs> I probably would have enjoyed that moment myself. But then, then he started making bad jokes about his, his wife's cooking. And I felt that was out of taste. <laughs> Zing. I get it. Cooking and taste. I didn't do that on purpose. <laughs> <clears throat> so anyway, um, uh, it turns out that there is, there's a bomb. Rewrite that joke. Greg didn't laugh. <laughs> so, I'm, gl I'm, I'm glad your staff is on it. I appreciate that. Um, they're building a profile. Hey, they wrote that um, burger joke. And it was pretty good. <laughs> that, bur that burger story killed. Right. Um, anyway. So anyway. So there. They're, 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 th this part of the movie is actually pretty good. I like it. They're, you know, Riggs is, um, Riggs is like, okay, I got to call the bomb squad. And, and Murtaugh's like, okay, don't do it on the open channel. I just, I want to keep this quiet. And then just smash cuts to like every cop is apparently now at his house. The fire department is there. Joe Pesci is like waving people in from the yard. It's just a pandemonium. It was chaos. Which, by the way, I think this is a perfect scene that I think could have been in that other version that that would have been written. Because it's got a little bit of levity, but it's got some seriousness to it. And it has... Yeah. It, it really culminates in a fantastic scene between Riggs and Murtaugh. You know, I agree. when... I when I was going to bring that up. You know, when, yeah. when, when Murtaugh just looks at him and Riggs goes, I know. Like, that just... I wish the movie had more of those moments, and I don't feel it. It has two of them, and I'm and we'll get to the next, you know, the other one. But I, this movie is so odd at times. This was one of the best scenes in the entire movie by far. Oh, hands down, I agree with you 100. percent And um, did you notice in the background? Well, I shouldn't say in the background. She has a line when they're all when uh, the woman who meets the psychiatrist. Yep. 
and is what the female policewoman who's walking uh the psychiatrist in to where Danny Glover is was Vasquez from Aliens, uh, Jeanette Goldstein. She looked super familiar, but I didn't she know who she up, was. She pops up all the time, and I love when she does. She's great. Uh, the only other time we see her in this movie, she jumps <laughs> on the diving board and it blows up. Which, I mean, hell of a hell of a dive. I mean, 10-10 ten, ten from I the Russians. All I can say is they clearly have been killing people. The bad guys in this movie have been killing people a lot, and they're just like, okay, guys, we all know we can kill. But who's going to get the zaniest deal? <laughs> That's what I felt, too. I <laughs> went, really I went going from, for it. from her death to when they finally capture uh, Riggs. There's, ne- there's never the same type of death or attack at all. One, The first guy, uh, and I, I didn't even recognize. At first, I thought it was Murtaugh for Pete's sake. I thought I also thought it was Murtaugh. But it's I was just. Like, oh, I know it's not Murtaugh because I know this movie ends. I, I wonder if it was supposed to be like a fake out or something. I don't know. It felt like it. Um, it essentially, it's, it's you know, another, it's another black cop. And he's hanging from the Bruce Wayne um, ankles there yeah, from the, the ceiling. The, the inversion back thing to yeah. stretch your back out. And so um, the main the main henchman shows up, shoots him. I don't even know who he's supposed to be, but yes, I think he. I think we're given the impression that it's supposed to be Murtaugh, um, right? Because all he says is "Who are you?" and you can't even tell the voice. Um, they blow the girl up, uh, the female cop up off uh, from a uh, from the diving board. Apparently, despite the fact that that happened in the afternoon, all of the other cops have decided her death isn't all that important. We're still gonna have our monthly poker game. Correct. <laughs> Which. I guess they left their entire house open for multiple hours because that house doesn't just like boom a, like a room. Oh, the house is like, gone. Yeah, yeah. One of one of one of the poker players. Did you notice was uh, Dean Norris? Yes, I did. Of, uh, uh, I noticed him Bad. at the very beginning of the movie too. Yeah, yeah. I yep. was. I I had completely forgotten he was in this. Film. <laughs> Breaking Bad. No, he's in the dome. Yeah, he's in. He's in both. Yeah, I know. Okay. Oh, okay. Great. I wanted to mention his only other major credit, just to make sure. We, 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 we agree. <laughs> someday I'm going to watch Breaking Bad. Uh, you should. Yeah, it, I've heard. It, 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 it gets heard. all the credit that it, it deserves. I feel. Yeah. Um. So anyway, um, while while all these cops have been killed, um, we've got uh, Mel Gibson is uh dating one of the women who works at the consulate and uh has kind of fallen in love with uh, her. Rico. Yes. Uh, and they are they are at his uh, beachside uh, trailer that he has. Yep. And, and um, he is uh, expressing his love in a physical manner, as we say. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And uh, they can hear the helicopters coming, and it's like, oh, oh, we gotta get, we gotta get out of here. And of course, they just how many shots dodge shot every bullet possible? It's, it's crazy. So it's like six or so people that have fully automatic weapons and apparently a an endless supply of bullets because they're just shooting and shooting and shooting which and then Riggs fires back with a pistol and takes out like everybody yeah well no at one point he does take one of the the machine guns he does he does he does eventually but at yeah. the beginning he's just like yeah I, 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 the yeah. fact that he the fact that him and the girl like come out of this with like zero not even a scratch like he's not even like there's no splinter that even gets him in. nothing nothing I mean I mean how terrible are the are, are the shots of these people I mean just you think if you're gonna send them on a killing spree you'd get guys who have at least hit a a, a firing range once or twice you know um one would think but no now, it's like stormtrooper level incompetency now um you did skip when they go after Murtaugh. 
and and it is important because it leads up to the very last scene. Um, at one point they they get the name. I forget what it is now. Alba. They, they get they get a name, and they're like, "Why does that name sound familiar? Who who right. is this? Who is this woman? Because uh, it's a it's a woman's name, and it turns out it's not a woman at all. It's a it's boat. The name of a ship. It's a large ship. Um, Murtaugh goes back to his house, and he looks up an old tape from the boat. Does make an appearance in this movie. Craig, I, you right? know what? It does. It, it does. It's a cameo, but it's in there. It's a, it's, yeah, cameo is, is, is a better. Is it a doesn't better have choice. a speaking role. It's just a walk-on role, uh, a float-on role. <laughs> right. Yeah, if you will. <laughs> okay. And he sees the name of the boat, and then he gets attacked. And um, it's, it's kind of a clumsy fight scene. The only thing I wanted to point out, because, again, I like looking up facts that don't matter. Um, I love facts that don't matter. This is the best scene. So the best, the best uh, segment that we do. So, uh, do you know, uh, do you know what the percentage chance of living is if you get a nail through the head? I'm gonna say it's super high because I saw an episode of I think uh, uh, Maury Povich before he was doing the "You're Not the Father" bit, where a guy, or maybe it was Montel Williams, and a guy got stabbed in the head. All the way to the hilt with like an eight-inch knife. Mm-hmm. It went like all the way through his head. Yeah, and they were able to bring him to the hospital, take it out, and he was made up, as far as everyone could tell, a like almost 100% recovery. So I'm gonna guess while it would hurt, <laughs> you'd probably be okay. It's in the 70s. I I, okay. I imagine if 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 it hits one of the real major parts of your brain, like maybe you go blind, oh, or like you can't stand up or something, but it wouldn't kill you. You think so? Except in Seattle, and I believe it was either 2011 or 2012, I didn't write down the year, there was a meth addict who was completely jonesed out and tried to commit suicide with a nail gun. Gregory, you like me, you like, and I'm sure you're going to ask it at the end of this movie, the body count. How many nails do you think Mr. Meth got into his, his scalp before the paramedic showed up and he lived? I've used nail guns. Mm-hmm. I was I was a roofer for years. You were, yes. Are you have experience I was, in this? I I fell off one roof. I landed on my feet, and a nail gun followed me down and cracked me in the back of the skull. Ooh! It did not go off because, like real guns, nail guns have safety mechanisms. <laughs> they to do. Yes. No. 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 That you can uh, no. drop them, and they won't just shoot. I I do. So, I do love that movie. Nail guns do not have the the stopper in the front. Correct. Yeah. There's, 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 for those of you who aren't familiar, the way a nail gun works is you can pull the trigger all you want and nothing will happen. The front needs to be compressed and it is not a light compress. I mean, we're talking pounds of pressure need to be, is you push that in and then you push, you push in and then you pull the trigger and then it will fire a nail. And that's, that's how that works. Yeah. Uh, how many nails did this guy get in his head? I'm going to say, let's go with the biblical number of 12. You would be correct, sir. Oh, it, was a, it was 12 nails into his head, and he lived. So this guy got one popper right in the middle of the forehead. While it does split the brain, as long as it, I, I, I don't think as long as it wouldn't sever any major connections, he, right. he should have a major headache, but he should wake up in a couple hours. Well, and that's that's also like after Danny Glover gets attacked, he kills the first guy, the second guy, he just keeps hitting the guy in the chest with the nail gun. Which, that, it kills him instantly. And like, and you, you have a good chance of it hitting a heart and like screwing you up, but your, same thing. Your sternum he dies is instantly. incredibly strong. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so Danny Glover pretty much just annoyed two people. And, and, but he had the classic line. 
when he when he gets them, he's like, nail both of you. <laughs> Danny Glover ends a lot of scenes with a line. Did you notice oh, that? So he's He's got a quip for everything. Do you think he ran up to Richard Donner and was like, boss, 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 I, I got the line. They they it. did say they did a lot of improv on this, and it was being like written as the movie was going on. So that would not surprise me at all. So yeah, he ran. Um, he, he just runs up and goes, "I got it, I got it." Okay, after I after I shoot them both with nail guns, you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Plank you to death. That's terrible. No, because you fire a nail gun into a plank. Oh, and you, uh, yeah, no, I I I understand. I want look stiff as a board. No. Stiff as I'm a board s- is is like a plank of wood. No, I, I yep, planked you them. Are, you okay? I I I I hear you. <laughs> I'm just saying, let's film it, but let's also film it four or five other times with completely different lines, just to be safe. What if I say I planked them? I planked ya, planked them good. I'll just keep. Listen, I'll do like a dozen variations of this, and you just take the best one. Can we? Can we just ADR? Can we just? We can just say whatever we, we can ADR this. You know, go for it, Mr. Glover. Go for it. Okay. Okay. <sighs> Okay. That's why it's why in the movie when when it happens we hear I know you both. Why does Danny Glover sound like Yoda for two seconds? That's a great. I don't know. But it's a very weird stylistic yeah, choice. Yeah, though. yeah. Planked so, him anyway. Planked <laughs> him. I want that on a t-shirt. I. You know what? We should start making t-shirts. We definitely should. Planked him. Uh, <laughs> this was red podcast. I planked him. I planked yeah. Yeah, I planked you. That's what it should be. It should be I, planked I planked you. you. All right. <laughs> if you'd like to see the at us, at us, at this was rad podcast, tell, tell us. Tell us that you want that on a t shirt. We'll make it on a t shirt. So, anyway. Anyway. Um, it basically, all, it, um, uh, uh, <laughs> okay. So, while that's happening, Leo Getz has been captured by by the consulate and he's being beaten up and tortured because it turns out he was their, their, fixer for the money right he right. wasn't their accountant but he was like facilitating the the, the cleaning of the yeah money. he's the middleman between getting right, good right. and bad cash as a matter of fact even at one point just before he gets kidnapped he's talking to danny glover and he's pretty much trying like explaining one he's, of his yeah i'm sure many many schemes on how you would invest in one thing take the money out put it in something else and then eventually and you then roll you that take, money up and you make right yeah, you know, that's a whole, whole bunch of things about you taking loans out and then you never repay them and you can write those loans off as taxes because it's debt and all this other stuff. So that that whole thing's happening. Um, Riggs gets hit in the head as he's dropping. What's what's her name? Rika. Rika. Yeah. Dropping Rika off. They grab both of them and they put put Riggs in not a straight jacket, but something that kind of resembles one. It's basically I, like a vest. These guys just, are terrible at killing people. That they just throw chains around? Yeah, I guess it's, I mean, I guess if it worked, it could work. Now, we, now we've seen this before where Riggs can dislocate his shoulder on command. Um, and so that's what he does in this case, too. Um, but then he, he looks over and uh, there's his girlfriend who was also kidnapped. I love that death reveal. It and is good. The, I, I it's agree. a great death reveal. I agree. Um, I, I do not like what they do where they're like, hey, Riggs, it turns out I also killed your wife. It was me. And I'm like, that's dumb. Yeah, I, it's, it was very shoehorned in. I almost feel like it's, when you talk about that first script, so dumb. I almost feel like this whole thing was supposed to lead to him finding that out. And instead, they just like, dumped it in the middle of a scene just to say, hey, well, we still did what you wanted. 
I, I don't, I don't, it's, it's stupid. So anyway, they throw him yeah, overboard. Uh, he pops his shoulders out. He gets up, he kills everybody. Yeah, yeah. And then he calls up, uh, calls up Murtaugh and he's like, oh, we're not cops tonight. We're just gonna take justice into our own hands. And they go to the, there, so there's, there, there, there's been two locations the bad guys have hung out in. There's like a house that they have and the up in the, the Hollywood Hills. And then there's a, um, there's a, the, the consulate kind of like in the city. Yeah. So the house on the hills has stilts on it, and um, uh, a scene that would be emulated so many years later in Grand Theft Auto V, um, <laughs> uh, Martin Riggs hooks up his truck. <laughs> I, of course I wrote I down it. that, because it's a fantastic point in the game. Yes, I love Gr- it. And, and I will say, Grand Theft Auto V is hands down the best Grand Theft Auto game there is. It oh, is great. Easily. easily. It is so good, yes. and it is so playable. I... Never finished any of them, and I finished that one. I finished it twice because I wanted it's to see all, both endings, so and good. I loved it. I loved it's it. such a good game. Yeah, and I would, I would say, have you seen when they had uh, they have they were at a there's a classic internet video at the con a, when uh, the guy the wants to get yelled at by Trevor, and Trevor yells at him. Oh, I will, I will post it on the Facebook page. It is just great. It yeah. is great. Um, uh, Riggs hooks one of the the stilts. Uh, to his truck, and he's just driving over and over again to pull the house down. Danny Glover runs in, shoots everybody, rescues Leo. They jump out. That house falls down the hill. Paul, how much in 1989 dollars did that scene cost when they? Because they actually pulled the house down down a hill. That happened. Ooh. How much did that cost in 80s money? In 89 dollar, 89 uh, 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 adjusted for inflation dollars. Uh, adjusted for inflation. Well, well, we're we're adjusting to 1989. Oh, okay, saying, okay, right? yeah, yeah. Right. Um, I would probably say fifty to sixty thousand. Oh, 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 try again. Two hundred thousand. Oh, you're getting closer. Four hundred thousand. Five hundred thousand dollars. Half for a million scene. Oh, Half Jesus. a million. Wow, how much does this movie cost to make? Fifty million dollars. How much? Fifty million. This movie cost fifty million dollars in 1989. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. That was, that's and and that was a ton of money, especially for a sequel. Yeah, yeah, really. And it paid off because because uh, do you want to guess what it what it made uh, box office wise? I know the first one was pretty well. I'm gonna guess this one the, was right around two hundred. Ooh, yeah, yeah, two two twenty seven. It made two hundred twenty seven million dollars. Yeah, because so, I think the first one made what like three hundred, right? It it made a ton of money, and this one this one is special because sequels don't normally make this much money. No. This is one of, and this is why we wound up with a third and a fourth one. Yeah, because this one was so successful, even for a sequel, made a ton of money. Yeah. So anyway, um, they're like, okay, you know what? It's only the head bad guy, uh, whoever, whatever. We've got the boat name. Let's go check it out. And I think we can just say, long story short, uh, they murder their way to him. I, I just wrote down. Uh, they're in a truck full of money. Violence ensues. They shoot the bad guy. <laughs> like. Yeah, Riggs, Riggs, is, is, Riggs has shot a bunch, he's stabbed, and uh, the bad guy's got a gun on him, and he goes, I have diplomatic immunity, and they shoot him, and he says, it's been revoked, and he's like, Riggs, oh, you're gonna die, Riggs, and then Riggs is like, I'm gonna die, lol, lol just kidding, I'm fine. No, 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 I would have loved this movie, because he goes, get, get me my cigarettes, Murtaugh, and he goes, oh, throw them away, you know, these things will kill you, ah, ha, ha, and they joke around, and, and, and. Murtaugh's like, oh, I thought you were going to die. And Riggs is like, oh, like I die in your arms, weirdo. Right? But all I could think is, ha, 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 smash cut on the screen two weeks later. 
<laughs> it just smash cuts to the head still. <laughs> Murtaugh's just you're standing like there like, damn. Damn. <laughs> wow, man. You, you, wow, you, you finished this series. <laughs> so well, quick. Um, in, the, in the original script, uh, Riggs was supposed to die. And that was one of the reasons they did not want it. It feels like that's what was supposed to happen. But again... I, trilogies really weren't all that popular. The fact that they no. got a sequel was big. And in the first movie, we kind of knew about what happened to his wife, but it, you didn't know what happened to his wife. But again, I think this movie was supposed to be more about that and not all the other stupidity that ensues in this movie. So I kind of, I would have understood if he did. Um, but again, it's just the movie's just so goofy at times so anyway um it pretty I, much I, ends I will say it, it, it it fades it, out you know camera it, pans and, away. and this and, and it's interesting because the movie just ends there yeah there's no like there's no afterwards like there there's is no the prologue first one yeah. there's nothing it's yeah there's no and um so what what shane black originally had anticipated with his script was he said what he wanted was riggs was a mess murtaugh's family kind of saved him yeah you know and brought him back to normal and what was originally going to happen was he then has to sacrifice himself to save Murtaugh. Which would have been awesome. And that's and that's how he's finally at peace now, is he was saved, he made the ultimate sacrifice to save the people that saved him, and he, like, dies happy. and that, Which is, like, a real powerful thing. And the studio was like, hmm, some good art there, but uh, kind of want a new Porsche? So maybe we uh, don't kill him and we just make, like, more movies? So, okay. I like the vision. I like it. Okay, good. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's probably the best thing I've ever written. I wore, I, was, I wrote this in six months. Mm -hmm. I was, yeah, I, I mean, uh, no, instincts. the time shows. The time That's shows. Great. Quick question. Okay, yes. I, I, I assumed there'd be some questions. Okay. Do Terminator-like androids exist in your universe? Um, no. No, okay. no. This is, this is a Terminator-free free universe okay so let, we're gonna bring in some terminators because what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna let you kill off Riggs your way but in part okay. three he's gonna come back as an android or, or, or as a as a as well, automaton i mean i mean i this this was kind of the bookend i mean you know is the the setup and the no i feel you i feel you i really do okay. and everybody thought i feel like everybody thought frank it. herbert was done after children of doom but God, that guy put out three more books. So we just really have to look look at the big picture here. Most of that picture is my mansion with the uh, indoor-outdoor pool um, that I don't own yet, but I will once we make Lethal Weapon 6. I'm, uh, I've made a terrible mistake in life. I do not see a way out of this. No. No, I think uh, androids are I'm the gonna, way to go. So go ahead. Um, I'm going to take this check, and I'm going to head over to the Writers Guild and petition to have my name removed from the script. Um, not going to let you, you do that, because uh, oh, that's the only oh. way we're going to sell this movie. Oh, I'll see you in arbitration. <laughs> Adios. I already want arbitration. <laughs> and then Blacktail Sally, uh, Longtail long Sally starts playing, and he gets in his car, and he drives away. <laughs> <laughs> that That is the end of Lethal Weapon 2. Doesn't even have like a, a catchy title to it either. It, no, no, it's just. I don't think any of them do. Yeah. Uh, I will. I will say um, we haven't done this in a while. Beat the tagline because the tagline for this one. Oh wait a second! Wow. Wait a second! Before that, do you have the body wow. count? Oh, we sure do. Do you want to guess? I want to do body count first. Okay. 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 Body count. Body count. Okay. Everybody loves body count. Okay. Pretend we have a cool. I'll theme tell you song why because I finally count. anticipated it this time. Okay. Um, I do have one quick question. 
Okay, okay. I will I will give you one clue and a clue to 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 our our great listeners. This is the highest body count of all four Lethal Weapon films. Okay. My question, are fish included? No, because fish don't have souls. Okay. That's really going to affect my my final number. Just letting Good, you know as as it should. Okay. Uh so I'm going to go with 331. <laughs> Come on. Really guess. No, you Come said on. it was the highest number ever. No, I said the highest number out of all four Lethal Weapon movies. Oh, oh, I thought you said out of all our body counts. I'm like, no, 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 no. Oh, okay. Oh. I said that's 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 your hint is that this one has the highest body count out of all the Lethal Weapon films. Okay. Uh, I, I, I'll go with uh, the answer to everything, Greg. 42. 33 is the body count in this film. <sighs> okay. Which is insane. It is a lot. No, it really is. Outside I would have a war movie. This is movie's only an hour and fifty minutes oh, long. Wait, I'm not wrong. It's forty two with the fish. <laughs> okay, fair enough. What was the other? Th- okay, so what's the tagline to this? Okay, so tagline again. Pretend we have a great tagline. Yeah, theme. Sure. The tagline for this is the magic is back. What? That's literally the tagline. The magic <laughs> is back. Now, Paul. Why do I love this tagline so much? In the same episode of Manimal, which <laughs> oh, I believe boy. was there a magician? From, there is a subplot about a magician. <laughs> Sweet. So as you can see, my theory, Lethal Weapon 2, actually that one episode of Manimal, it holds together. Nice. Nice. So, uh, I we we would love you to come up with a better tagline, "The Lethal Weapon 2, than "The Magic Is Back." Uh, at us, please on uh well, on Twitter. Do we get to at try? This was rad. Hit us up. Do we get to try? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. If you've got something, go yeah. Ahead. No, I do. Two hours of that twenty minutes you loved of Lethal Weapon One. That's not bad. Uh, ooh, okay, okay. What encapsulates this movie? Ooh, but doesn't give too much away. Ooh, ooh, they're back. And this time, it's about apartheid. I I was just about to have one too. Apartheid. It's what's yeah. for breakfast. <laughs> no, that's actually terrible. That's it's a, it's that's a very awful. Good I will say one of the movies that Willow wanted us to do for her pick, um, and it really is a fantastic movie if you get a chance to watch it. It's um, uh, I I mm, is it District Nine? No. Oh, that one's Sorry. great too. Um, I. By the way, yes, I did actually have when I was hearing the accents. I too was thinking very much of uh, Bloom Camp movies. Okay, yeah. Um, but no, I believe it's called the color the color of change. Um, hmm. But anyway, it's a one. movie about these two girls. One's black, one's white in South Africa during apartheid, and it's really well done. Like it, it kind of shows it from a, a young girl's perspective. And Willow saw this when she was like nine or ten. Um, the color of friendship is what it's called. That's what it is. The color, color of friendship. Of friendship. Yes. Um, and she wanted to do that movie, and it's really well done. It, it, it's it's a really good movie. Um, I think it was made for the Disney Channel or something like it that. It was. Yes, yep. it was. It was. It was a Disney Channel film. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, uh, that's that's the end of uh. So this. So, uh, did you go first? You went first last time, so I guess I'll go first. Yeah, you go. You go first this time. Okay. Uh, do I think that this film is still rad? Ooh, it's a 50-50 for me. I I think there's enough there to call it rad, only because it's just more of what you loved in Lethal Weapon 1, but 
it's it's very over the top like it's almost it's almost satirical of itself at times um how it handles a lot of stuff i think there's subplots in this movie that don't belong um but it's a fun movie to watch Riggs and Murtaugh again. I mean, the characters are well-established, they're well-written, and most importantly, for what they're given, very, very well-acted. Um, this is absolutely um, uh, Danny Glover and Mel Gibson's, like, high points for acting. They just, they sell every moment, even when there's nothing to sell. I mean, you kind of feel their pain. Uh, when, when Riggs is carrying his girlfriend there, um, onto the beach. He's known this woman for all of uh 24 hours. The, yeah, he has know, zero yeah. connection to her. You still kind of feel his pain in that moment that he's really just thinking about his wife. Um, that he knows now knows who killed her, and he's kind of like expressing it through her for the audience. So um, correct. I, I think it's like 51 percent rad is what I would say. If it weren't for their acting, if they kind of phoned it in, I think it would have been a lot worse. Uh, how about you, Greg? Rad or not rad? I'm with you, man. I'm I'm on the fence with this one. Um, I uh, it's got a lot wrong with it. Uh, it's got a like like you said, it's a little bit of a mess. I would have liked a little bit of a tighter movie, and it really it seems like it's playing for satire a lot of it, but I it's totally not, agree. and that's weird. And but it is a fun watch, and it's got an edge to it, and it's it's I um I I agree with you. It is just barely rad. Um, we also never brought up how weird it is to hear Mel Gibson constantly complain that people are talking about, that people <laughs> yeah. believe they're the master race. Cause he says yeah, I know. Constantly. Yeah, it did. I, I thought like, that same thing. A, um, you know what else? Flip flop. You know what else I noticed in certain scenes with Rika? And I'm sure it's just because he had to do multiple scenes when her accent, mm. I don't know if you noticed, he does dip in to Australian oh, yeah. a couple times. Yes, he does. Not heavily, but it. You kind of hear him carry a word or a syllable with just that little, oh, yeah, that, that kind of lilt that they have. Yeah. And it was, I did, I did, did kind of like flutter a little bit. Oh, there's, there's the Mel Gibson we know, the unintelligible guy from, <laughs> from the Road Warrior. Um, so that's it. Uh, that is this movie. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we have a Patreon page. Uh, this was rad. We do. Yep, yep, you can find us at Patreon on This Was Rad. You can email us any of your thoughts about this movie or movies you think we should cover. Email us at, uh, at this was, or, or email us thiswasrad at gmail.com. And um, that's about it. Uh, I got nothing left in the tank for myself. I'm, I'm kind of ready to call it a night. How about yourself, Greg? Uh, yeah, let's give a shout out to Bibbs because he's the Oh, he's the Chimneys, yes. That's how tired I am. I almost forgot Mr. Bibb. Um, and at Terstail, also yes. the uh, second greatest. Oh, by the way, I'd just like to address Mr. Biz for a second, if I could. Uh, I'm sick and tired of him saying, you know, uh, I'm not, uh, you, know, you don't have to give me any special praise. But you've been here for more, more than a year, almost two years of donating to this fine podcast. You very much are a special, special snowflake that falls on on the Christmas tree of This Was Rad um, that we have to take special note of. So just always be aware that you are special. Um, all of our fans, all the people that listen and download, you know, we, we love all of you guys for listening and continuing to support us. But, uh, you know, if, 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 if I had to choose one of you not to send into a gas chamber, I think, I think Bibbs would have to be the one. 
Oof. <laughs> and dark, oh, that's Lord, what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah but please uh, leave us a review on iTunes if you would. Tell your friends. Uh, just, you know, if you if you want to throw us even just a dollar a month on Patreon, we would we would love that. We're trying to yeah, yeah. update Paul's equipment, which is which is in dire need of some updates. No, I think we should just send it all to Skype and fix their equipment. <laughs> well, we could do that too. Uh, no, we couldn't. Um, try. Other than that, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's it. I'm done. And I'm Paul. I'm Greg. See ya. Get dark at the end. They fucked you with the driver, okay? This has been a Podtron Network production. For more of this show and others like it, find Podtron on Twitter at Podtron Network and search Podtron Network on Facebook.